I believe I've probably shared with you before um, the story of, of uh, it's been many years ago now that uh, Christy and I, uh, fairly newly married, um, got a phone call, and the phone call was, um, Christy, your, your dad uh, has had a heart attack, and we're in hospital um, it's pretty serious. We, we need you to come straight away. And so uh, we, we lived about three and a half hours uh, from family at that time. And so uh, we wasted no time and uh, got in the car, drove uh, the three and a half hours, drove straight to the hospital. And when we arrived, um, uh, the family was in the hallway and uh, we call him Papa. Uh, Papa was in his room, and so there was Christy's sister and her husband and nieces and nephews. We didn't have kids at that time, and, uh, and everyone was there. And so we were anxious to, to see uh, Christy's dad, and, and so um, they explained to us that we, we couldn't all fit in his room at one time, um, but also that he wanted to speak to each of us. They uh, found out that he was going to have to have emergency uh, heart bypass surgery ended up being quadruple bypass. It means four of his main arteries. Uh, I think all of them were about ninety nine percent blocked. It was it was just the Lord that he was even alive. And so, uh, so Papa was calling us in as couples into the room. And so it came time for Christy and I uh, to go into the room. And so he called us in, and uh, and Christy sat on the bed with him, and I stood there, and uh, there were some tears that were shed. Uh, and then we just had uh, a really important, precious conversation um, that will always uh, be precious to me. Um, I'm not going to tell you what we talked about, but I'm happy to tell you what we did not talk about. We didn't talk about the weather. We didn't talk about baseball. We didn't talk about the stock market. Because what we did not know was, would this be, this side of heaven, the last time we would speak with one another? And so Papa chose his words with wisdom and with care and with much love. Um, final words, uh, at least when we think they might be, I imagine are going to be uh, tempered with wisdom and love and care. And, and as we come to our passage of Scripture this morning, that is the setting. Uh, Jesus has died, uh, he has been buried, he has risen from the grave, and now he, he has spent an extended period of time uh, teaching and encouraging his disciples, but now he's leaving them. He's going to heaven, he's going to the Father, and Jesus knows that they will not see one another again until they meet in heaven. And so Jesus then gives them his last words on, he on this side of heaven. And I would say that Jesus chooses them with wisdom, with care, and with love. And so I want us to, to just look at, at these last words that Jesus shares with his people this side of heaven. And so I want to invite you to, to open your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 28. Uh, Matthew, chapter 28. Um, if, if you feel free to use a Bible, please, there on the table is page 1000. So if you're using a, a Bible there on the table, it's page 1000. And so Jesus, uh, sharing um, uh, last words, if you will, uh, before he is reunited in heaven 
with, uh, with his followers, with his disciples. Matthew chapter 28, and, and probably a, f- a fairly familiar passage, but maybe we've never thought of it in these terms, that Jesus has chosen these words as his last uh, to share with his people. And this is what he says in verse 16, Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Uh, Matthew tells us this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, and these are his last words, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, or because of this, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. To the very end of the age. Now, uh, just keep your Bible there. Um, because he, he does say a bit more, and Luke tells us, it continues on like this. Jesus says, and, and so do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my promised Father, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria into the ends of the age. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for your word, and we know it is living and true. We believe the promise that you give us in Isaiah that uh, your word goes out and it achieves the purposes for which you send it. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And so, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen our faith this morning. We pray in these next few moments as we study your word, Lord, we ask that you would uh, just open our minds and give us understanding of your word. Lord, we pray that you would soften our hearts, that we might be changed by your word. And we pray you would speak to us for your glory and for our good, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, these last words of the Lord Jesus to his people before he leaves, and he really kind of summarizes two things. He reminds them, doesn't he, of who he is. And so look there at Matthew uh, 28, verse 18. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So there's just this reminder, listen, I'm leaving, but don't forget, I have all authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and therefore, or because I have this heavenly authority, I can commission you, I can empower you to go. And as you go, he says, I want you to do... Uh, a couple of things. Look what he says. He says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. Like, I want you to go around the world. Now, by the way, to 11 men, what must they have been thinking, right? Like, you want us to go to all the nations? There are, there are 11 of us. Now, we know by the time in the upper room, there are about 120 of them. But still, I'd imagine that's, that's a pretty big job, 120 people the world, right? And yet, here we are in Erdington, Amen. You don't have to amen being in Erdington, but I mean amen that we know about Jesus, right? Because uh, that was weak. So uh, he, he says, look, I, I, I have authority, so you're going to go. Acts tells us 
that I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit, right? So he's going to go with you. Jesus says here, and surely I'm with you always. So I'm, I'm sending you to go. The Holy Spirit's going to be with you. I'm going to be with you as you go. I want you to make disciples. And then what does he say? Part of making disciples is baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's very interesting because when, when you get to Acts chapter 1 and you read what Luke says about his last words, he mentions baptism three times. He says, John baptized you in water, but now you're going to be baptized in the Spirit. And so it, it's very interesting here that these last words of teaching Jesus gives, and, and Matthew records it in Luke, and so you have an accountant and a doctor. Matthew was an accountant. Luke was a doctor. Men who would be detailed kind of men have written these details down for us, and baptism is in both their accounts. And so Jesus, with baptism on his mind, says, look, as you go and make disciples, part of making disciples is baptism. In fact, I would say as we read the book of Acts, there really is no other means of determining if someone is a disciple or not except for baptism. That, that seems to kind of be the, 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 the action that seals the deal of disciple-making is someone who's willing then to step out and say, yes, I, I want to be baptized uh, as an affirmation that I have become a disciple of Jesus. Like, there's no T-shirt, there's no, you know, it, it, it's baptism seems to be the thing. And so I, I want us to spend then just a few moments just remembering from Scripture um, a little bit about baptism. And, uh, and we're just going to kind of look at the, the what, the who, the how, um, if, if you will, uh, because it was important to Jesus. So I imagine it should be important to us. So what is baptism other than just kind of getting wet? Well, it, it's a couple of things. First of all, it's an outward expression of an inward experience, an outward expression of an inward experience. So um, it, it's, it's that God has done something on my inside, and this is how I'm now going to express it on the outside. There are some other there's some other things we do in that way. And so, um, so marriage, some of the things we do in a marriage ceremony, some of the things we might exchange as rings and things, those are all outward expressions of the love we have for someone in our heart, right? And so uh, we're expressing outwardly what's happened on the inside. And so baptism then is that, man, God has done this work inside a disciple, inside uh, someone who's given their heart to him, and now they're expressing that outwardly through baptism. Uh, the, the script, and we'll have Scripture in just a minute. We also see this in Scripture, that it's a public declaration of my love for Jesus and commitment to follow him. It, it's a public declaration. It's, it's letting the world know, hey, listen, I love Jesus and I'm giving my life to follow him. Uh, why do we have wedding ceremonies, right? Can, can you get married without a big wedding ceremony? Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. Uh, so why do we have wedding ceremonies? And, and by the way, when you have a wedding ceremony, you invite people, right? And then, and then you put on food for them and you do all these things, right? Well, why do you want a room full of people? Because it is your way of celebrating with one another and publicly declaring to your friends and family and whoever might show up that, that man, we love one another and we're committing to one another, right? And so this is what we see at baptism. At baptism is someone who's saying, listen, I want the world to know, like, I love Jesus and I'm committing my life to follow him. And so it's a public 
declaration. Remember uh, John the Baptist, as John is baptizing, it says that people would come from all of the towns around the region and come to the River Jordan. And, and you, you can just imagine the river lined with people watching John baptize folks. Why? Because it was this public declaration uh, of people repenting of their sins we have there in the baptism of John. Uh, and, then, and then we see this for baptism. It's a visual proclamation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we saw that in the video a few moments ago, didn't we? That, that baptism is this visual proclamation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, so Paul says it this way in, uh, in Romans chapter 6. Paul writes, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized... And to Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him, Jesus, through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Paul Paul says this, that, that, that when someone is baptized, um, it, it is this visual picture. And so uh, we, we believe, and we can get, we'll get more into this in a moment, but it, it appears like baptism in the New Testament was by immersion. Uh, in other words, it was that people went under the water. And, and that most makes sense in this context, because as you go down into the water, there's this moment where you're no longer visible, right? Like you're under the water. And so the, the picture Paul says is you have died, and when someone dies, they're buried in that day in the ground. And so you die, you're buried, you're no longer visible under the water, right? Just like Jesus wasn't visible any longer for three days. But then what happens? Well, the, the person comes up out of the water, and it's a visual picture of the resurrection. Don't miss this, because this is important. Uh, Jesus gave us two ways to remember his death, burial, and resurrection. One is the Lord's Supper. So at the Lord's Supper, we, we have this symbolism of the wine being the blood and the bread being the flesh, right? And in baptism, we have this beautiful symbolism of someone dying, being buried, and coming back to life. They're all pictures of the Lord Jesus dying and raising again that we might be saved. And so uh, baptism uh, is this beautiful picture of the death, burial, and resurrection. So in fact, if, if, if someone came and saw a baptism, and they had never seen a baptism before, and they had never heard the gospel before, you could have them watch the baptism, and then you could explain the gospel to them by explaining what just happened. We know how he was kind of up and went down. You could go through the gospel. Paul does it right here in Romans chapter 6. Right. So it's this, it's this beautiful uh, beautiful picture. So that's a bit about what is baptism. So it then leads to another question, and that is, who should be baptized? Who should be baptized? And so uh, here at Oikos, our belief would be that the Bible teaches what we would refer to as believers' baptism. Believers' baptism. And here's what we mean by that at Oikos. Believers' baptism is the biblical practice of baptizing only those who have an understanding of the gospel and have professed a personal faith in Jesus Christ. 
As a result, the individual has demonstrated a personal desire to follow Jesus and be baptized. That would be our conviction here at Oikos, that that, that is the the clear teaching of Scripture, that uh, what, what we'll find as you read through the book of Acts, you'll see this phrase multiple times, and as many as believed were baptized. And as many as believed were baptized. Belief always precedes baptism. Always. Every single time in the scripture. We saw in the video with, uh, with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And, and Philip explains to him what he's reading in the Old Testament. Shares the gospel with him. He believes and then he's baptized. And so uh, it, it's the biblical practice. We believe it's the clear teaching of Scripture. And so this is someone who they, they have heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, we looked at that a couple of Sundays ago. That they, They've heard the gospel. They understand the gospel. But this is important. They've then professed faith, personal faith in Jesus Christ. There's been that moment where they've, they've heard the gospel and said, man, I, I just realize I'm a sinner and, and that in, in, in me there's nothing good. And so I want to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart he rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sins and I want to follow Jesus with my life. And when someone does that, uh, they will then be baptized. Here's, here's some scripture to kind of to help us with that. Uh, this would be Acts 2, 38. Um, and so Peter has just preached this amazing sermon in Acts chapter 2, right? They've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and Peter preaches. And this is what happens. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, right? So there's this sequence. There's this order. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. And then look, those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. That was a busy jacuzzi, amen? 3,000, right? But notice what he says. He says, repent and be baptized. That's, that's the message. You need, to, you need to repent, turn from your sins, give your life to Jesus, then be baptized. And then what was the response? Those who accepted his message were baptized. By, by inference, there were many who didn't accept his message and were not baptized. But 3,000 accepted the message, and as a result, they were baptized. Uh, and here's what we saw in the video uh, in Acts chapter 8 with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, which was in Isaiah, preached Jesus to him, the gospel. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Oh, I love it. But, but notice, he just says, can, can I be baptized? Like, can I do this? And what is, what, is, what is Philip's answer? He says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. But that, that's the requirement. The requirement is, do you believe? And then he says, I believe. I believe. And the word believe there in Greek means I place my complete trust in. Right? 
uh, Kayla flew back from America yesterday, and she placed her complete trust in a Virgin Airways pilot. Amen? Who I prayed for a lot, by the way. Right? I was like, Lord, whoever he or she is, let them fly good. Right? Uh, it, it, it's placing your complete faith in someone. And so that word there, believe in the Greek, I believe. I place my complete faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So Philip says, let's do this. And so it, it would be one reason, and, and some, some have asked this of, of us as elders here at Old Christ before, why don't we do infant baptism? And, and this would be the reason why. It's not because we don't love babies. Like, you should smile. We love babies at our church, amen? I hope so. There's a lot of them going around, right? Like, we love them, um, but until, until they can, can do this, until they can believe, then we, we christen them in some way, we pray over them, but baptism is for those who have, have done this. So what is baptism? Uh, who should be baptized? And then, um, so what, what's the big deal? Like, can, can I be a Christian and not be baptized? Like, why should I be baptized? And it's, it's a fair question. And so um, here are just a couple, of, uh, a couple of answers for us. So first of all, we should be baptized because Jesus commanded his followers to be baptized. And we could just stop there, true? Like, we could just end it there. Jesus said to do it, so we do it. But, but he did, right? We saw that in our Matthew 28. He said, go, make disciples, and baptize them, right? And so baptism is a command of Jesus. And so um, if, if we have believed, if we have placed our complete trust in Jesus, then we want to be baptized because he's commanded us to do it. In fact, I would argue it's one of the first, if not the first, opportunity to follow Jesus in obedience. Because it's the first thing he asks us to do. The very first thing he says is, be baptized. And so um, it's, it's uh, something we want to do because he said it. Um, as we saw earlier, it's a public declaration of my love for Jesus and commitment to follow him. It, it, it's, it's kind of outing myself, right? It, it's, it's telling the world like, hey, this amazing thing has happened in my life. And I want the world to know about it. Um, and, and if in my heart that's not the case, like I'm, I'm not sure I want the world to know about it, then I probably need to step back and, and say, have I really become a disciple of Jesus? Like, um, because if, if, if I don't want the world to know, then maybe something's not exactly right in my heart. And so I want to, uh, I want to work on that and talk to someone. Um, and also baptism, oh, baptism uh, unifies me with the church both the universal church and the local church. Uh, the Bible says that we are baptized by the Holy Spirit into the church. It's, it's how we uh, enter into church membership is through baptism. Now, it doesn't mean every time we go to a new church, we are baptized over. It doesn't work that way. Uh, but, but it is how we, um, how we kind of come into, in an official sense, the body of Christ, the local church is uh, made up of baptized uh, believers. And so we, we saw what Jesus said in Matthew 28, the command to go and be baptized. Finally, uh, we want to ask this important question. Does baptism make me a Christian? Does baptism make me a Christian? And uh, the answer to that is no. No, baptism does not make someone a Christian, nor does any other religious act or good work. Right, So it does not make me a Christian. Remember, this is an outward 
an outward expression of an inward experience. What makes me a Christian is doing what the, the Ethiopian eunuch did, saying that I believe with my whole heart in Jesus. Like I repent of my sins and I place my faith in him. At that moment, if, if, if he would have been in a chariot crash before he got baptized, he would have died and went straight to heaven. I don't know how often chariot crashes happened in that day, but if it did, he would have been in heaven with Jesus immediately. Let me give you another example uh, would be the thief on the cross. Remember, as Jesus is dying on the cross, he has these two thieves, one on the left and one on the right. And one of them begins to kind of mock Jesus. And he says, if you're the son of God, like do something, like get us down. And the other, uh, the other thief says, you know, basically chastises him and says, you know, do you realize who you're speaking to? Then he looks at Jesus. By the way, these men are dying. They are dying. And he looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, when, when you come into paradise, remember me. When you come into your, 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 when you get to heaven, remember me. And do you remember what Jesus says to the thief? He says, surely this day you will be with me in paradise. He wasn't baptized, right? So he looks at the thief on the cross and he says, as soon as you die, you will be with me in heaven. How amazing. Jesus saving people with his last breath. Still saving people. Surely today you will be with me in paradise. And so um, baptism does not make us a Christian. So uh, I, I tell people baptism doesn't make me a Christian any more than wearing a wedding ring makes me married. Right. And so, in fact, I don't have mine on today because it's gotten too uh, big, which is a good thing, which means my finger's gotten smaller. I just need my stomach to catch up with my finger. But um, and so I'm not wearing it. But let me ask you this. Am I still married? Yes. And so my, my wedding ring doesn't keep me married, right? So let me also say the reverse. You can be baptized and not be a Christian, right? Uh, you, 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 can, you can be baptized and just get wet. And, and if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, you just got wet, right? And so the ring doesn't keep me married any more than baptism doesn't keep me a Christian. Uh, let me ask you this. If, if I had my wedding ring, or Dan, you have yours, can it, will it come off? Pull hard. Put it on Dom. No, not, we're not that kind of church, but I mean, just put it on Dom. Dom, put his ring on. Oh, that's precious. There you go. All right. Now, is Dom married? No, <laughs> definitely not to Dan. Thank you, Dom, right? So watch this. Dan's ring doesn't keep Dan married, and it doesn't make Dom married. Yeah? Baptism doesn't keep you saved, and it doesn't make you saved. Any more than a wedding ring keeps you married or makes you married. Are you with me? And so um, it's important that we understand that. Uh, I become a Christian when I place my faith and trust in Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection. Um, and then um, baptism is not something that makes me a Christian. It's something I do because I'm a Christian. Um, so just, just some basic things. Um, uh, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, which would include baptism, so that no one can boast, right? We are saved uh, by grace 
through faith, right? Not by any religious ritual, right? But we're saved by grace uh, through faith. And then let's finish with the thief on the cross. The, the, then he said, the thief, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Uh, so b- before, we, before we pray and then we're going to worship the Lord through singing and worship the Lord through baptism, um, I, I just would ask you two, two questions, and they're really, really, really important. The question number one is, do, do you know that there's been a day in your life like the day that the Ethiopian eunuch had? Do you know that there's been a day in your life when you have professed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And, and you don't have to do that in a church building. You can do that anywhere. But has there been a day when you've come to Jesus and said, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. And Jesus, I just want to say sorry for trying to live my life without you, and I ask that you would come into my life and forgive me and, and help me follow you. And if, if, if you've never done that, well, I would just say the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today would be a wonderful day for, for you to do that. And so um, before you leave, I, I just want to ask, would you and speak to me, speak to Dan, to Jez, whoever, just, just grab someone and say, do you know what, I, I need to do that need to do that. We would love to share with you how you can know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The second question would be this. Um, have you followed the Lord in believer's baptism? Um, has, has there been a day you would say, yeah, Kenny, I, I love Jesus. Like, I, I know I've given my life to him. I'm, I'm following him. Has there been that day in your life when, when you've been through the baptism waters as we've described today? Uh, and if not... I would just say, are you, are you still a Christian? Of course you are. We just made that point. Yet at the same time, uh, it's an issue of obedience. And so if Jesus has said that we need to do it, we we need to do that. And, and for you, uh, it would be an issue of obedience. And so I would just encourage you, uh, because the opposite of obedience is disobedience. And we don't, we don't want to disobey the Lord. And so again, if you have questions about that, or maybe it's something you did when you were a child, and maybe you didn't fully understand what was going on, but now as an adult, man, you, you, you really have embraced the gospel. Maybe you have even would think, you know, I, I did that as a child, but yeah, as an adult, I, I don't know if I've done that. And, and we, we've, had, we've had folks in this room who have made that very decision as adults who have said, you know what, I, I just want to be baptized over because when I was a child, I didn't really understand, but now... It just feels really significant to me. And, and so, again, if, if you would like to speak with someone uh, and pray about that, we would encourage you to do that. But just, just don't leave today uh, without being obedient to what the Holy Spirit's doing in your heart. Let me pray for us. Uh, Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And, Jesus, what a beautiful picture of the thief on the cross that with your dying breath, Jesus, you are still seeking and saving those who are lost. Thank you for the beautiful picture of the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch who uh, has the gospel explained and has, has Jesus explained and who just can't wait any longer just to publicly profess uh, his changed heart in life. Thank you. Jesus, we uh, thank you that um, 
that our trust, our hope, our faith is not in any type of religious ceremony, but our trust, our hope, our, 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 our salvation is fixed upon you, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you came to seek and save that which was lost, that Jesus, uh, your word says that you did not come into the world to condemn the world, but through you the world might be saved. And so, Lord Jesus, we just pray for any of us who are here this morning who maybe have never had that moment where we've personally placed our faith and trust in you. And I pray, Jesus, that that would happen today. Please, Lord, for your glory and for our good. And Lord, also pray that maybe if if baptism, as we've explained it from Scripture today, if there are those of us who are here who have never uh, experienced that, that again, Lord, uh, that we might step out and do that. Lord, I, I know it can be scary, but Lord, we pray you would give us the courage and confidence to obey you and follow you. Lord, would you have your way in us and through us this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.